Welcome to episode 34 of the Princeton Podcast, produced by the podcast production team at HG Media, providing audio and video production services here in Princeton since 1999. In this episode, our Princeton Podcast host, Mayor Mark Frieda, welcomed John Bukeri, Princeton Police Chief. In addition to discussing Chief Bukeri's lifelong involvement with the Princeton community, Mark and John discuss the evolution of policing here in Princeton from John's 24-year history as a member of the Princeton Police Department. A lot has changed to keep Princeton at the forefront of modern police practices. So without any further introduction, let's join our host, Mark Frieda, and his guest, Princeton Police Chief John Bukeri, for episode 34 of the Princeton Podcast. John, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Mayor. Appreciate you being here. So how's it going being the relatively new chief of police of the Princeton Police Department, John? It's going great. I'm start, I'm really starting to enjoy the, the new role. In the beginning, I would say that it felt like a lot. It was, you know, nervous to, to, to be in the new role. You know, I guess, uh, you know, there was a, a part of me that felt, you know, maybe a little overwhelmed. And I would say, you know, day by day, it's getting a little bit easier. I'm becoming a little more comfortable. Yeah, well, there, there, there is a lot of responsibility there. <laughs> but so, what's a typical day for a police chief? So, a typical day, I, w- I would arrive at work before eight, and what I try to do in in maybe the first hour or so of my day is is to walk around the police department and you know say good morning to everybody and and kind of get a feel for for what's going on, maybe what happened the night before or, or what's going on that 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 morning. And I I had gone to a leadership class months ago. And one of the, the main takeaways was how just how important that part of the day is. And, you know, it shows that you're engaged. It shows that you're that you care. And it's a good way to get to know, you know, people and, and see how things are going. So I, I would say I spend my first hour or so doing just that. And, you know, after, after that, I, I usually make my way to my desk and try and tackle the email, which can be daunting. Email correspondence is, is a lot. So I'll, I'll cut through my emails and then, you know, a very important part of, of my day after that would be taking a look at our CAD system to see what types of calls for service we had gone on in the last, you know, 12 to 24 hours. And then if there's anything uh, interesting or peculiar that I find, I'll go seek out some more information. And then beyond that, I just have meetings at the county level, at the state level, and at the municipal level that, that occupy a lot of my time. Yeah. Yeah, we all seem to, depending what level you're at, get pulled in. I think that the more you move up the ladder, the more meetings you get sucked into and uh, ties up your day quite a bit. No doubt about it. So, John, how long have you been a member of the, uh, we, I'll say, how long have you been a member of the police department, but realizing there used to be two police departments, now there's the one. Right. So I was, a, I was a former borough police officer and I was hired in August of 99. So it's funny. I don't feel like I'm one of the most senior officers on the department. I still feel young. <laughs> but when I look at my badge number and I look at all the younger officers, it makes me realize just how long I've been here. Although there there are a few officers that have been here longer. But yeah, I, I'll, I'll finish my, my 24th year in August. Yeah. So what different roles or could you share some of the different roles that you've had within the police department during your career? Sure. So I was hired and uh, right off the bat, I was a patrol officer for maybe four or five years before I was switched from that role into a more specialized role in community policing. In in the community policing role in the former borough, one of my main responsibilities was that of a DARE instructor. So in that role, I got experience going into our schools and uh, working with the school administration and teaching the students about the perils of drug use and 
and what have you. And I, I really enjoyed that. It's, it's very different than, than what a typical police officer would do on the street. So I did that for a few years and then was moved into the role of a detective. That role was in and rewarding. So as a detective, you see cases from a different point of view and you get to, you're afforded the ability to, to work those cases. You have time, you have the benefit of time. And, and you can examine, you know, different crimes and, and work with different is to, to solve crime in Princeton. So I did that for a little over a year before I was promoted to sergeant. At the sergeant level, I was tasked with supervising a patrol squad and a civilian dispatcher or dispatchers. And uh, that was very rewarding as well and very challenging. I was a sergeant for a few years before I, a patrol sergeant, before I was moved in, inside to, to supervise the Safe Neighborhood Bureau. And that would have been in the consolidated Princeton. So I did that for a couple of years before I made lieutenant. As lieutenant, I was in charge of the entire patrol division. And I oversaw four patrol sergeants, four corporals, over 30 patrol officers, and, uh, and the civilian dispatch as well. I did that for a few years before I made captain. The, the, the police captain job, you, you basically oversee the entire department and re report to the chief of police who, who's in charge of the day-to-day -day operations. A lot to do there. So would one of those former roles, would one of those that you talked about be considered your favorite or yeah absolutely when my career is done i will look back as at my time as a patrol sergeant and that undoubtedly will be what i remember the most what challenged me the most where i made the most growth where i made the most mistakes where i learned the most for sure without a doubt being a patrol sergeant is the hardest most challenging job as a police officer in my opinion and it's also the most critical job of a police officer in, in an agency. Much is asked of a patrol sergeant. You're required to make decisions at a, at a you know, moment's notice without the benefit of time. You're in charge of the entire town, you know, while at times your, your superiors are home. And you have to make good choices. And so I would say because of the challenges that, that I had, and because of the growth that, that I think I experienced, for sure, that would be my most rewarding position so far. Yeah. So, John, did you grow up in this area or where are you from? So I was born in Princeton at the, at the hospital, but I was raised in Hamilton. So just a stone throw away. Yeah. But as, a, as a, a kid, I played sports. I was always in Princeton. So it, it was always familiar to me. Yeah. So what was, the, what was the route for you to become a police officer, you know, is it something you always wanted to do or just one day some light bulb turned on or how'd that come about? Yeah, so I'm a people person by nature. I enjoy relationships. I enjoy being around people. But what really paved my way into the profession was my brother. He became a New Jersey State Trooper. And I, you know, just in my relationship with him, learned a lot about, you know, the profession, what his responsibilities were. And, and during this time I was in college. So naturally I was trying to figure out, you know, what I wanted to do. And I had this role model right next to me, you know, living his best life as, as a police officer. And I guess it was during those college years where I got to witness my brother and, you know, some of the things that he did that I decided this is something that I think I could do for the rest of my life. Always good to have a role model. Around. It sure is. So um, have you set some goals for yourself as the new police chief? Some things that you're hoping to accomplish? <clears throat> Excuse me, I have. So, you know, right away, the, the, the first goal that I set was to, that I wanted to leave my mark. When, when, when I'm done here, I wanted to, to be able to say that 
There were things that I accomplished that hadn't been accomplished, changes that I made that, that were not just for the sake of making change, but, but, but good changes. Mm-hmm. And, and I believe to make progress, you need to make change, you know, sometimes. Yeah. So those, those were my goals to, to, you know, solidify my legacy as, as a police chief that, you know, wanted to do a few different things that hadn't been done. Yeah. So I don't know, this question is kind of similar, and maybe it's hard to break it apart from the question I just asked, but or do you also have like another set of goals for the department? I do. Okay. So I, I guess my, my first goal for the department would be to continue to grow. I think training is, is incredibly important, and I think that policing has changed. So I would say, you know, my top priority for the department, as far as goals go, would be to be to continue to enhance our community involvement and to become more efficient and uh and better able to to handle different calls that that require where our community might require assistance in in different uh, crisis intervention. Yeah, and I think in order to accomplish that, we need to uh, you know focus on training and and a few different things. Yeah, yeah, no, those are great goals. And and I guess this next question kind of ties into that is like, how has policing changed since you first started as a police officer? Because everything that Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, so it's changed dramatically. I, when I when I was first hired, policing was was driven by you know, in in many ways, how many tickets you wrote, how many arrests you made, you know, you know, quantitative measures that you could say this is what I did in a in a in a twelve hour shift. Yeah. And over the course of my cl- career, that philosophy cha- has changed dramatically. And I I think for the better, there, there's a balance, but. In today's policing, it's less about statistics that you can point to with regard to stops and summonses and arrests, and more about how you're engaging with the community, how you're working with the community to solve problems, <clears throat> and 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 your day is occupied w- with with a focus on in those areas rather than the quantitative old school summonses and 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 arrests. Yeah, well, I mean that's a good difference for people to understand, but more critical for the police chief to understand because how you run the department is obviously based on that. Sure. But, and, and you know, I mentioned it before, but, but I'll, I'll just say it again. There has to be a balance. If you're out of balance, you're going to see problems and there'll be unintended consequences. So the important thing is to have a police department that can be guardians of the community, be part of the community, be known in the community, but understand that their role is to protect the community. And in some cases, you have to issue summonses. You have to make arrests. Yeah. You have to do those things. And if you can be balanced about the way that you do it, then then you're hitting a home run. Yeah. So for someone looking at a uh, career as a police officer, what skills do they need today? So I would say you have to problem solve. You have to be critical thinker. You have to be a good listener nowadays. For sure, you have to be a good listener. There, the mental health is 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 an issue in in our communities. And when our officers are going to calls, they have to be able to communicate well with people. They have to be able to listen. They have to be empathetic. They have to be kind. Those are, those are the qualities that we look for when we recruit right now. And, and I think that, that that's changed over the years. So one thing, um, I jotted down a note, one of your answers before, you think you talked about, or something popped in my head about shift work. So like, what kind of shift does a patrol officer work? I mean, so we work a 12-hour shift, yeah. our, our police department, and uh, it's called a Pittman schedule. And our officers will work two weeks of days followed by two weeks of nights. And they're off every other weekend. But a 12-hour shift is, is a long It's a long shift. It's a long shift. Especially if it's the night shift. <laughs> That's a... 
Yeah, that's got to be a tough toll on people mentally and physically to keep changing back and forth between days and nights. But. It is. In fact, we're examining it right now as we speak, our department, and we are trying to figure out, you know, what the what the best, you know, most practical shift would be. And it's not an easy, it's, it's certainly not an easy, and I think that much of the department is divided on on just that. You have a group of officers that that feel as though if you did a shift for a month, that your body would, would adapt better and, and it'd be more healthy. And you have other officers that, that are, you know, on the complete opposite side, would never want to do a month of midnights yeah. or days, and, and they prefer to, to switch every two weeks. Uh, my in my career, I only knew the uh, twelve hour shift sw- switching every two weeks. But we're examining it. We're we're looking at it. I'm listening, and I I believe we'll make a good decision. You know, when the time comes. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's just a challenge for any emergency service because you're needed twenty four hours a day. So if somebody's got to be there, right. So. And and the size of the agency also comes into play because you you're, you're not you're limited in in certain ways. A bigger agency could do ten hour days, or there's more options, and we're kind of stuck in the middle there. Yeah. So my belief is that the Princeton Police Department is a really excellent department. I mean, I interact with the department, not just in my role as mayor, but through other things I do outside of that, you know, with different emergency services in town. So uh, what, what do you think makes it that perception true, that it's an excellent police department? Yeah, I, and I, I appreciate that, Mayor. I agree with you. I think, I think we're an excellent department. I think what separates us from other departments is our ability to engage in the community, the relationships we have with the, our allied partners, the first aid squad, the fire department. We have tremendous relationships here in Princeton with everyone. In addition to that, our response time, I believe, separates us from other agencies. I think that we're incredibly responsive and, and we just, you know, we're, we're a community policing you know, we've embraced the guardian mentality long before it be, there, there was a push to do so. I think we were progressive years ago. The President Obama had the task force on 21st century policing, and that document has become, I've said this a number of times, but it's, been, it's become the blueprint for policing and what works and, and the do's and the don'ts. But the Princeton Police Department was, was, had accomplished some of those goals long before that document was created. Hmm which is uh, a credit to our leadership, you know, our, our past leadership under Chief Sutter and, uh, you know, followed by Chief Morgan. So I think that's what I would point to. Yeah. So it appears to me that the department has seen a lot of retirements over the last five or so years. What are the challenges with bringing in what I think is a significant number of new officers? Recruitment is, is definitely the, the newest and latest and, and biggest challenge that we're, we're faced with. If I had to point to a few things that I think have impacted that, I would say that there have been a number of incidents on the national level that, that have impacted policing. Yeah. And George Floyd and a, n- a number of other different incidents th- that took a toll on policing. I think that the new normal is for police officers to retire earlier rather than stay and make long careers well past you know the 25-year retirement. So we're seeing less and less officers stay 30 and 35 years or, or 40 years. You know, gone are the days of, of these officers that are that are doing that. And so when you combine those two things and, and you start to see officers retire at 25 years, you, there have been pension changes, changes made to the, to the pension system that, that could impact, you know, the number of people that, that are applying or wanting to be police officers. I think those are all contributing factors to, to why numbers might be down with recruitment and selection. Right. 
And so I, I, I guess you're probably in the recruiting mode pretty much all the time at this point. Yeah. So we interesting. We, we just had a meeting yesterday where I had mentioned that at our next public safety meeting, I want to discuss recruitment and selection and, and some changes that I, that I want to make. We used to recruit once a year for a few months and now it's become a full-time job. And the, the way that we do it is, is has to change. Otherwise we're, we're not going to be successful. So we had, we just finished up our last recruitment process and we hired four officers, as you know, not a week later, we start, we began the next one. And I said to the captain yesterday, we have right, roughly 50 applicants right now that, that have applied. I said, we can't afford to wait four or five months to let that number grow or see what that number does and, and delay the process. I, I said, I think it's never been done this way, but what I want to do is take those 50 and you know, kind of break up the process move forward with, with those 50 while still accepting applications. And we've never done it that way, but I think what, if we're successful and I, and I plan to be, we'll be able to stagger our hiring and, and supplement the police department. This way we're not in dire straits 12 months from now, if four people decide to leave. Right. Right. So you kind of have an active pipeline of people. That right. Hopefully make right. it through the process. Yeah, that, that, that's the plan, but it takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of energy and we have to be open to change. And I, I think I said earlier in one of my, one of my responses, in order to make progress, sometimes you have to make change. Yeah. Yeah. I think you always have to be willing to, to look at whatever, however things have been done and, oh, well, maybe that's not the way it is anymore. So you need to be on top of paying attention to right. what are the trends in today's world? Things change. Right. The, the other thing that I, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't add was that I want to recruit within Princeton. I, we have several officers that are from Princeton and went to Princeton High School. One of our most recent hires was born and raised in Princeton. And uh, I, I'm able, I have a front row seat to the benefits of that. Yeah. And I want to put a lot of energy into recruiting and selecting people from this area. Yeah. And it's very, it's difficult and it's not easy, but I think we can change the department for the better if we're able to do it. Yeah. Well, I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. And I know that growing up in the community, when I was much younger, the vast majority of the police officers in both the borough and township police departments were local. Uh, the section of the Princeton that I live in now used to be called Cop City because there were so many police officers that lived within like a six, seven block area. I never knew that. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I said, well, not that I'm that old, but you know, I just, I heard that somewhere. But uh, yeah, so anyway, it, it is interesting. But I think it's, it's the same as I feel like being on the governing body. The more people that have been here a long time, the better sense and perspectives they have to deal with things that are happening in the town, right? I mean, that institutional knowledge goes a long way. And if you grew up in the community and you're a police officer, I just think you have such a leg up because you already know a lot. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a tremendous help. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So along those lines, we talked about how challenging it is to recruit and, you know, you have officers retiring and new people coming in, but there must be opportunities with the new officers also that allow you maybe to think of new ideas or new ways to do things that you can, you know, use the newer officers to help make that happen? Absolutely. And I would say that, you know, that's also one of the biggest changes in policing. When I was hired and for my first several years, I didn't really have a voice in, in the police department. It was, you, you kind of get your instructions, you go out and you do it and, 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 and you finish your day. Yeah. It's not the case anymore. The younger officer that, that, that comes in, they have ideas, they have, it's a different generation of, of 
employee, so to speak. So as I mentioned in, in the beginning, uh, how I spend my day walking around and, and, and talking to these different officers every morning, you glean a lot of information from, from the employees and, and different ideas, and, and many of which we discuss during administrative conversations and, and uh, you know, we pivot and adjust and make changes. And, and I think that the younger officers, when they, when they see maybe an idea that they had to fruition, yeah. it gives them a, a sense of ownership mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and it works. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, it's always good to listen to the people that are doing the job day to day, right? I mean, Absolutely. They, have, they have the front row seats. So. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, we've talked many times, we've mentioned the, whether it's a community policing, safe neighborhoods, things like that. So how does the department try to inter- interact with the community? I mean, I mean, the officers are, you know, I go to a number of events, obviously, and it's amazing how many different community events the police department's at, but maybe you could elaborate on that. Son. Yeah, so, I, you know, again, going back to the 21st century policing, without legitimacy in the community, without being seen and having a face in the community, you know, you really can't accomplish anything. So there's a tremendous amount of emphasis that's placed on our people being involved. And it starts from the top down and we can always do better. So, you know, maybe I didn't mention it when you asked me what my goals were. My goals, all, one, of, one of my biggest goals is to, to be a present police chief, to show the department first that I'm willing to go to these events, whether it's on a Saturday or Sunday or at nighttime or you know early in the morning, or you know to be there with them, not just sending them to the events. Yeah. And you know when you know you're doing good when uh, your people, the police officers, are at events that you didn't tell them to go to, and they they just ended up being there. Yeah. That that's so that's one of the most rewarding things. Uh, and then social media has changed everything. So, you know, we have a very active, you know, footprint in social media. Yep. We could always do better, but, uh, you know, our, our Nixel has, you know, close to 10,000 subscribers or, or more, you know, Facebook and, and, and things like that. So I think we do a good job at promoting ourselves, but we also have requirements. So our patrol squads are required to, each patrol squad is required to organize a community event. And in the beginning, you know, we had to make sure, you know, set calendar reminders and make sure that it was being done. We don't even have to do that anymore. They, these, our officers look forward to these events and, and they're really cool, you know, whether they're out of the box ideas too, like, like one patrol squad might partner or partner with the Little League and, and do an event for, you know, opening day at the Little League. Yeah. Uh, we have officers that partner, patrol squads that partner with SAVE and they're, they're walking dogs and, you know, helping people in the community adopt animals you name it we've done we've bagged groceries at at McCaffrey's we've washed cars you know at you know the Johnson Park Elementary School and we've we it it seems like we're always trying to to create our community involvement and I think that our people my hats off to to the officers that that are organizing and and coming up with these ideas because they make us look terrific yeah no I think they do and it's it if I'm a member of the community and I'm seeing police officers other than in they're stopping by because I had a, a problem or there's a complaint or something, but they're actually just being normal people, so to speak. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just interacting with you on a day-to-day basis. I think it's great for the department. It's great for the community. It's a great, and it's more than just an image, right? I mean, as you said, your officers are enthusiastic about doing this and you can see that at events. They're not just standing there going, oh, I got to be here. They're, they're involved. Yeah. Years ago, this was when I was a patrol lieutenant and this is when I I, I noticed that we were embracing the change. We had officers come in and 
bag groceries at McCaffrey's, but they did it on their day off. Hmm. So all came in, they represented us incredibly well. They bagged groceries for several hours. It was well received yeah. by every, I mean, you know, the people loved it. Yeah. The McCaffrey's loved it. We have a partnership with McCaffrey's, you know, it all goes back to community policing. And then a week or, you know, 10 days later, I didn't see any, you know, slips or, you know, and none of the officers wanted to be compensated for the time that they spent bagging groceries on their day off. Mm. So that tells me that, that they bought in, yeah. you know, to the philosophy, to the principles behind community policing. And yeah. it was really cool to say. Yeah. Yeah. Well, again, I think we have a really, a really good police department. We have a lot of great officers and the town's very fortunate to be where it is with policing in Princeton. I appreciate That's a great compliment. Yeah. Thank you, Mayor. So John, thanks for being with us today. That was my pleasure. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us for the 34th episode of the Princeton Podcast, produced by the podcast production team at HG Media, providing audio and video production services here in Princeton since 1999. If you enjoyed this episode of the Princeton Podcast, please share it with your friends. Visit our website at princetonpodcast.com and be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts.